There's so many different Clinton things. There's the uh, Clinton Global Initiative, which is something. The Clinton Foundation, which is a different thing. Oh, the prosecutor they used to investigate uh, Russia is now being used to look at the Clinton Foundation. Nice. It'll, nice. Be, beast. It'll be beast when they uh, find something on them. Wouldn't that be amazing if on, like, the first debate, uh, fucking Trump came out and he was like, I did it, folks, I did it! Hillary's in jail! <laughs> Bill's in jail! If they dig up anything on, uh, the Clinton Foundation, it will be child trafficking. Uh, yeah, absolutely, but, you know, he's also child trafficking, so it's just like, how much attention do we really want to draw to the fact that everyone in our government traffics children? <laughs> Probably not a lot, so I don't think anything will actually come of it, but it's fun to think about. <laughs> <laughs> Did you read, or were you here when we were talking about the Comey rule? The what? Uh, there is a new short TV bullshit called, uh, the Comey rule. Just this guy, Jeff Daniels, of the newsroom, oh. playing James Comey. Wh why? Uh, <laughs> as, as the I guess, FBI director? I guess when they started recording it, uh, James Comey was still, like, a hit liberal icon or whatever. L libs love the FBI. Yeah, yeah, every FBI director is a resistance hero for two weeks. That's true, that's true. It's gonna be cool when we just have to make Jared Kushner head of the FBI, because there's no one left. <laughs> but, uh, here, uh, of the New York Times, watching Jeff Daniels in the Comey rule brought James Comey to tears. <laughs> <laughs> that's me... <laughs> Not not the things he did in Guantanamo Bay, not the not all the people he's probably personally had killed. Yeah. <laughs> but seeing some B tier Aaron Sorkin actor play him just just made him weep. It's incredible. <laughs> and uh see another article in the Hollywood Reporter that says Jeff Daniels, the guy who played Comey, wants Jim Carrey to go easy on Joe Biden on SNL. You hear about that? Joe Biden's or uh Jim Carrey's playing Joe Biden on SNL now. Yeah, but what, what do you what do they mean? Go easy. They're not going to be critical of Joe Biden, are they? Yeah, not at all. I absolutely. Me and uh, Matt were talking about this earlier. It's going to be just like it from episode. I want to say five. We did when we were reading the Onion articles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's gonna be crazy, Uncle Joe on his hot rod driving around and looking at Hooters. Fucking excellent, <laughs> man. Awesome. And they're gonna say register to vote at the end of every sketch. Absolutely. I love when they're always screaming, uh, every website, no matter what you look up now, it's like, vote, vote, vote. I had a website I was using to, uh, cheat on some math homework earlier, and it told me to vote. It was absurd. <laughs> but, yeah, please, fuck off these pop-up ads telling me to vote. I'm trying to jerk off. Absolutely. Tinder's been telling me to vote. What the like, fuck is that? Like, it's insidious. It says, do you know what's sexier than voting? Nothing. <laughs> that'll get him. That that'll get him in your in your. It's like that'll get fuck. I gotta be sexy. I need to vote for Joe Biden. The sexiest thing. <laughs> Pokemon go to the polls, but it's like an anime Hillary Clinton pog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's always insidious because they don't actually mean vote. If you're gonna vote green, don't vote. If you're gonna vote socialist liberation, don't vote. If you're gonna vote Republican, don't vote. It means vote for Democrats, but they don't want to say that because I don't know. That's saying the quiet part loud. Because you have a choice. Exactly, exactly. It's the illusion of choice that America thrives on. Pick a pedophile. Any pedophile. <laughs> <laughs>
welcome back to Boomer Death Squad, the number one Persian-Irish-American podcast. I am your host, <laughs> Persian Joe. Uh, I'm Iran Dan. <laughs> That's good. Right, thanks. And I am, of course, a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, of course, in the line of Damascus. Ooh. That's pretty good. I was going to say, uh, uh, Kassam Sulimat. <laughs> oh, also good. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, uh, welcome to the show, folks. We have a wonderful week of bullshit to read through for you. Yep. Today, we are opening with, uh, Trump threatening to issue an executive order preventing Joe Biden from being pre- allowed to be president <laughs> by Tommy Beer in Forbes. <laughs> Tommy Beer, that's a name I can pronounce. Uh, <laughs> Tommy Beer. Tommy Beer, let's go. Tommy is Beer an... is like a Chris uh, Farley character. Absolutely, he's got to be Irish, right? <laughs> yeah. Or maybe like a side character in like an early 2000s like party movie. Oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. Tommy Beer appears in the hot tub time machine. Tommy Beer was presumably on the flight logs. Tommy, Tommy Beer is absolutely Irish. Based off the way he's visually aging in this picture. <laughs> yeah. He looks 50, but he's probably 30. Anyway. In a wide-ranging speech at a campaign rally Saturday night, President Donald Trump ramped up attacks against his opponent, Joe Biden calling Biden the dumbest of all candidates, <laughs> and went so far as to declare, maybe I'll sign an executive order that you cannot have him as your president. <laughs> Please. Which is cool. He's the dumbest of all candidates. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the idea of Donald Trump watching, like, uh, the DNC debates and, like, I, I want it to be Beto. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just Love Island for him. He's just picking out, like, which one's hot and which one's not. <laughs> you can't have this guy as your president, Trump argued. You can't. Maybe I'll sign an executive order. You cannot have him as your president. <laughs> I love his cadence in his speeches. Like, <clears throat> if he does have a teleprompter, he, like... He doesn't have his glasses on. He can't see that far, so he just freestyles. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Trump is, like, one of the best freestyle rappers that we've ever had. <laughs> He's certainly the best white rapper to ever live. Uh, He's the final boss in 8 Mile. <laughs> <laughs> Eminem has to take uh, Donald Trump to school so he can get, like, I don't know, whatever he's trying to get. He doesn't end up with anything in that movie, actually. Uh, respect. No. I would say he's, I think <laughs> yeah. he still lives in the trailer. Well, he, ends, he he gains cred, bro. I guess he gets cred. He gets to, like, be Eminem or something one day. Oh, he gets to be B-Rabbit. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Trump also expanded on his unproven claim that Biden is on drugs. <laughs> A very unproven. They gave him a big fat shot in the ass and for two hours, it's better than ever before! <laughs> Problem is, what happens after that? <laughs> what does that mean? Exactly. Well, I mean, let's start with the premise that it's an unproven claim and not totally visually... And it's not impossible to fucking miss that Biden gets hit with the adrenaline shot from Pulp Fiction every time he goes out to speak. No, I mean, I mean specifically when he says, problem is, what happens after that? Does he turn into, like, a fucking werewolf or something? No, he just melts for, like, a month. Remember the, the debate with Bernie that was just him and Bernie, and then we did not see Joe Biden for, like, 
mm-hmm. a month and a half. That's what happens, presumably. The funniest part about that is Trump's appeal, then, against Biden is like, yeah, to be president, you need to be very coherent and cohesive. It's like, you know, <laughs> Trump's not coherent or cohesive. Problem is what happens after that. Nothing happens after that. The buttons aren't hooked up to anything. Nothing <laughs> happened when you're president. Nothing will happen when he is president. He gets the shot of adrenaline and then, like, disintegrates and has to rebuild himself like Dr. Manhattan over the course of a month. (laughs) (laughs) You're only killing an idea, Mac. Uh, (laughs) The first debate between the two candidates is scheduled for September 29th with moderator Chris Wallace of Fox News. And Trump said Saturday, we're going to ask for a drug test. We are. I'd like to have a drug test. (laughs) And I mean, yeah, they should both have to take a drug test. We make people on welfare take drug tests. I think presidents should have to, too. Completely agree. Make Kamala Harris take a drug test to prove conclusively that she has never smoked pot. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking liar. Yeah, fucking liar. Fucking I hate you, idiot. Uh, Prominent Democrats have expressed serious concerns that Trump may refuse to leave office should he lose the election in November. When asked by Fox News' Chris Wallace in July if he would accept the election results, Trump said, I have to see. Look, I have to see. No! (laughs) I'm not going to just say yes. I'm not going to say no. And I didn't last time either. <laughs> uh, he really genuinely has the brain of a toddler. Uh, arms are weak. Knees are heavy. Look out, Mom. Here comes Trump's spaghetti. I don't, I've don't. i never listened to Eminem because I'm not a pedophile. <laughs> uh, if I lose him, I don't know what I'm going to do, Trump said Saturday night. I will never speak to you again. You'll never see me again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna run away from home, Mom. Yeah, literally, literally. Like you don't understand me. You never understood me. It's King Curtis. Trump goes back to college and gets an RN degree. <laughs> I decided to work on myself. Invalid. Joe Biden's very sus. Joe Biden did a no growth. Earlier this summer, Trump suggested delaying the presidential election which he trails by double digits in many polls. Yeah, he did last time too, you stupid assholes. Uh, yeah, it's also it's also not true. With universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good, 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It will be a great embarrassment to the USA. Delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote. He puts uh, three question marks after vote for some reason. <laughs> he types like any uh, goth girl I've ever dated. Just like, are you mad at me? Three ex- three question marks. <laughs> yeah, but it's awesome that Democrats are pushing the whole narrative that Trump's going to uh, visually lose the election, like by electors, and then just refuse to leave, and that's going to be fine. <laughs> He would need the military, which he will never have, because half the things he says about the military is that they're fucking marks, which is true, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And if he steals the election, he'll just do it the way Bush did in Florida in 2000. It'll be the same deal. Brooks Brothers riots. And the Supreme Court will vote for it, and Dems will say it's okay, because we need to preserve the norms of our system. It's going to happen the exact same fucking way. Are you telling me Joe Biden's not going to just roll over? He's ready. Yeah, Joe Biden's even going to notice that this is going to happen. He's got his poppers ready. (laughs) So over the years, Trump has threatened plenty of awesome executive orders besides uh, making Joe Biden illegal. 
<laughs> uh, usually just it's for posting, and to be fair, I would come up with some great posts if I was the president. <laughs> that's, that's so would I. That's what I need to get tri- Twitter followers. I need to become the president first. Yes. <laughs> Number one, bring fairness to big tech. <laughs> if Congress doesn't bring fairness to big tech, which they should have done years ago, I will do it myself with executive orders. In Washington, it has been all talk and no action for years. And the people of our country are sick and tired of it. See, of course, that could be agreeable, but what he means is just, you know, he just meant he was going to, like, delete Twitter. <laughs> exactly, he was going to delete For Twitter. For shadow banning conservatives. Exactly, shadow banning is what he's talking about. He's talking about, like, SNL has to hire one-half conservative <laughs> comedians. Which, I don't even know what that would translate to. They give Shane Gillis his job back? <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick Mullen, uh, Nick Mullen gets on SNL. <laughs> Nick Mullen should be the head writer for SNL. He should be Lorne Michaels. Yes. Just agree just with that. Just the shit out of Lorne Michaels. Lorne Michaels like the biggest pussy baby to ever have a job on television. Well, who, who's that asshole who does Weekend Up? Colin Jost, Lorne Michaels, like, heir apparent? Like, uh, his boy. Yeah, exactly. Lorne Michaels' boy, he makes wear a suit and shave his entire body allegedly in minecraft <laughs> uh yeah yeah so fucking i figure when colin jost takes over it's going to fall apart because colin jost is not funny and then nick mullen can lead a coup and he won't have like the like the 50 years of just like i've been in charge so i'm in charge that lauren michaels has he'll just be like the new cuck that nobody likes in charge instead of that guy that nobody likes but they have to deal with because it's his show yeah, that's the thing. Like, he doesn't even have the built-in goodwill of 30 years that Lorne does. He just sucks. He just looks like a Chad. Like Goodwill, like... consolidated power, whatever you want to call it. He's got neither. It would really be impressive uh, if someone was somehow less funny than Lorne Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, if I tried to run SNL, I'd just be like, yo, what if Obama was gay? Let's, uh, <laughs> let's run that for an hour. What if Obama was gay and white? And a Muslim. <laughs> yeah, what if Obama wasn't a Muslim? Let's run that for a bit. Uh, they should let me do it. <laughs> yeah, but getting back to this, uh, fairness in big tech, uh, that doesn't mean breaking up monopolies. In fact, it means forcing fucking TikTok, forcing ByteDance to sell out to Microsoft to further expand the Microsoft monopoly is what uh, bringing fairness to big tech means. Uh, Moving on, number two. Ending birthright citizenship. (laughs) We're the only country in the world where a person comes in and has a baby, and that baby is essentially a citizen of the United States (laughs) for 85 years with all of those benefits. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It has to end. Essentially a citizen of the United States. (laughs) <laughs> for 85 years it's like they turn 86 and it's like all right hans you're going back to germany but... <laughs> well i think what he's really saying there is um if your parents are not white and from a different country then you're not a citizen <laughs> yeah 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 what he's talking about really is like anchor babies and the idea that people who come into the country illegally or become illegal while they're in the country which is the vast majority of them uh, they'll have a baby, and then the baby gets to stay, and then they have an excuse to stay, or whatever. Also, that if you're a first-generation uh, 
if you're a first generation with your parents being um, immigrants, then you should not have like social security and <laughs> exactly. And what he's really talking about moving over to like a system where it's like if your parent, if either parent is a citizen of the United States, you can become a citizen of the United States, so on and so forth. But I like the idea of ending birthright citizenship, and citizenship is whoever Donald Trump deems worthy of it. He just, like, Dinesh D'Souza loses his citizenship because he's brown. <laughs> and anyone he has to appeal to just isn't listening to him because he's brown, and that's why they did this. I, I think know. I think that he would actually put Dinesh D'Souza in the only position of power that decides whether or not brown people are citizens. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> exactly. He's the one who gets to decide. Even worse. Uh... Trump threatens executive order to stop socialist destruction of government-run Medicare. <laughs> That's pretty beast. The socialist destruction of Medicare, that, that is pretty baller. <laughs> I can't believe he couldn't even overturn the ACA in any appreciable way, you know what I mean? Well, he kind of did. I Overturn it, no, but he, like, made it way worse than it, what it was. Yeah, yeah, he fucked with it to some degree, but it's like, me and you and you would be paying for our own assurance right now if he had really gone through with it, and he wasn't able to. He didn't have the votes. Yeah. It seems like posturing on these things does a lot more for their base than actually voting on them, which would, you know, disproportionately kill their followers. Yup. Oh, and number four is a ban on mail-in voting. Which is cool. Uh, he's on. The, he's in the right direction. I'm gonna ban voting altogether. However. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck that. No more voting. It's uh, the communal of the revolution, which is staffed only by me. It's like when Khrushchev demoted everyone else from the Soviet Council. Classic move. Classic. It's even classicer when uh, Khrushchev is Steve Buscemi. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Buscemi Khrushchev is cool. Uh, Khrushchev Khrushchev. Pussy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are obviously a Stalinist podcast, but we're not going to talk about that and make the uh, rose emojis even angrier with us. I'm actually a Georgiest. Georgie? A Malenkovist. Oh, Ma Malenkovist. Oh, Malenkovist. <laughs> I mean, to I like, be what the fair, fuck are you talking about? To be fair, Georgie's a great name. Like, I wish more people in the U.S. were named Georgie. <laughs> I, I like a world where Malenkov actually takes over for Stalin in an appreciable way, and then Georgia's renamed Georgie. <laughs> Gory in Georgia is renamed Georgie. It's just Georgie Georgie. Nothing like a little alliteration. Oh, the best. The best literary device. The best. The best. Trump size an executive order to uh, promote alliteration or something. <laughs> uh, did you see when he was in uh, one of those Midwestern hell states, I think Minnesota, and he was talking about how they have the best genes? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, he was like, you have the best genes, everyone in this crowd, the best genes. <laughs> Well, he's speaking to them in Minnesota. That's a really, really nice compliment. Exactly. As soon as you cross the borders into Minnesota, they immediately put calipers to your skull. You have the best they genes. search you for the servility gland. I am ashamed to admit that I thought you meant pants. What? You did, did he not mean pants? No, I meant jeans. G-E-N-E-S. Oh, uh, I thought I you thought, meant they all had, like, pants. good pants on. No, no, no. It, it was a room full of white people who he told had good genetics because he was just... His eyes... As soon as Donald Trump sees someone, it's like the Iron Man armor. A, a caliper just appears over their head. He's able to determine their servility gland. He's able to determine how often they have to pee. He's able to uh, 
He's able to chart your entire bloodline as soon as he sees you. I imagined a room full of people with really nice jeans on. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I thought it was a bunch of like cool Minnesota people wearing like Wranglers or something. <laughs> they're not cool Minnesota people, right? They're going to the Trump. They're going to Trump Con. I mean, but what does the other person in Minnesota do? Uh, Trump rally should have cosplay. They sh they should. <laughs> Bunch of people dressed like Trump, and Trump has to judge them, and he's like, This is terrible! You're all terrible! Uh, <laughs> people show up dressed like Barr or Mnuchin or whatever. They show up dressed like an urban-style Joker in honor of Steve Mnuchin. I was expecting more uh, Kawaii Desu. <laughs> Senpai, notice me! <laughs> uh, Trump confirmed on Saturday night that he will nominate a woman to replace the late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg in the coming days. Quote, I will be putting forth a nominee next week. It will be a woman, Trump said. I think it should be a woman because I actually like women much more than men. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, conservative uh, QAnon psychos are just looking at this like, well, yeah, you gotta like women more than men. It's gay otherwise, but that's not what Trump means. <laughs> Trump is a campy bitch. He wants to fucking, he wants to gossip. I, I thought you were going to say he was losing the men's rights activists. Yeah, really, he's pandering to the woke crowd. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's losing the meninists. He's picking up feminists. <laughs> it's losing the meninists. Dude, Trump puts <laughs> on the pussy hat. Uh... Do you two know anything about the Supreme Court nominees Trump was looking at? Like, the top two? Uh, I know one of them's like an Opus Dei freak. Yeah, that's Bennett. She's the, uh, white top one. She's 48 years old, so she'll be on the court for... Ever. About 40 years, give or take. Yeah, yeah. She got grilled pretty hard when she was being considered for a Kavanaugh seat, so she's like... Although she's technically the top choice, I think it's gonna be this other lady, this, uh... Barbara Lagoa, she's a Cuban-American judge from Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was confirmed, like, by shitloads of Democrats when she was put up to the circuit court, like, a year or two ago. So he's trying to... Trump's decided he's going to make the Democrats look like hypocrites because they both think that's what they need to do to win. Which is bizarre because no one remembers or cares what they do. <laughs> but beyond that, he thinks he can lock down Florida pretty safely by putting up a Cuban-American and, you know, winning the Cuban vote. Winning, winning the I mean, Bay he, of Pigs caucus. He's got the, he's got the Bay of Pigs caucus. No exactly. I don't think I, he's going to lose Florida at all. Any yeah. poll that says Biden's up there, it's like, yeah, that's hopeful thinking. Are there polls that say Biden's ahead in Florida? Ahead or behind by one point. Yeah, absolutely. Florida's considered one of oh, the big no. battlegrounds this time. But, you uh, know. I think, I think Trump has it. Um, I think that if he does put, uh, what's her name, the Cuban lady onto the court, it probably would make him do better in Florida. I don't think he has to do that to win Florida. But I think he, he probably will. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like Floridians voted and they passed the uh, giving voting rights back to prisoners. But the governor shot it down, right? Well, what he did was if you owe any money to the state, then your voting rights aren't restored until your fees are paid oh, off. Oh, right, right. The, they're owed like millions of dollars or whatever. Now, whenever I see someone uh, bitching like, you have to vote for Biden, everyone has to vote for Biden, I just send them a link to uh, a GoFundMe to pay off all of those prisoners' debts so they can vote. <laughs> I don't yeah. even think it will make Joe Biden win, but it's like if 
that's what it takes to make these people do something good, who cares? To do anything besides bother people on the internet? Absolutely. To have a to have debtors jail in America, like uh We sure like to pretend that debtors jail isn't real. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it was like, yeah, that's one of the reasons we made America, so there wouldn't be debtors jail. It's just like I know anyone who's ever been arrested for drug dealings in debtors jail. Anyone who's ever been arrested for unpaid tickets is in debtor's jail. Anyone who couldn't afford a lawyer is in debtor's jail. Unless they, you know, call Saul. <laughs> Which you better. Alright, uh, anything on closing on this Trump executive orders thing? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, when I was uh, outlining this, I went and read all of the executive orders he's passed. And most of them are, are just, you know, either too confusing or boring. But it was like, you know... While most of them are just sort of, like, silly and fun, he has issued, like, almost 200 executive orders since 2016, uh, including imposing, expanding, or amending sanctions on Venezuela four times, Iran three times, Nicaragua once, and Syria once. Uh, and, you know, other uh, other hits include... We talked about a little bit about the ACA earlier. And then <laughs> one bill... <laughs> Not so in not so many words, making criticism of Israel illegal. Uh. <laughs> BDS baby, that's why it's the pod name. It's not like that's that's a fact. It's not like you know. It's it doesn't say that exactly, but with the ambiguity of the wording of this bill, it's like it wouldn't be impossible to establish a precedent in a court with the right judge. But you know, also and also expanding the shit out of ISIS power. So it's like. A lot of this shit is funny, but he has done a lot of evil. <laughs> he has done a lot of evil, but the things that people are worried about are just these cartoonish outbursts he has, where he's like, yeah. Joe, Joe Biden's illegal, uh, voting is illegal, so on and so forth. Yeah. He expands ICE power because DHS is like a private military for Trump that will actually listen to what he says as opposed to, you know, the military or central intelligence otherwise. Uh... He makes criticism of Israel illegal, like, you know, you have to sign the pledge to do business with the state of Texas, you have to pledge your loyalty to the country of Israel. I, I still can't believe that. <laughs> it's cool that it's Texas specifically, so you figure all these people who've been raised to be anti-Semitic for, you know, a hundred generations are now pledging their loyalty to the Jew to the only Jewish state. Bizarre. But they're doing it because they're anti-Semitic and they want them all to go live over there. I don't know. It's cool. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That's that's the whole that's the whole Nazi position on Israel is it's good because it's an ethno state. Exactly. Well, right. there's also the thing of the evangelicals who think that like the end times will come there and that Jesus is gonna come down and like shoot all the people living there right now with lasers and then like <laughs> save all the christians <laughs> or some shit like it, it yes, all fits exactly. into their worldview exactly i think i think literally what it is is as soon as the muslims get control of jerusalem <laughs> that, that is supposed to happen the muslims had control of jerusalem for like a thousand years yeah funny how that works isn't it yeah christianity it, just uh, isn't real <laughs> very lazy very lazy yeah, but that's what it comes down to. They want to kick the Israelis out over there so that they can all die and eventually they get to... I don't know. So they can eventually open a Fuddruckers in Israel. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
time for the uh, Joey Matt sidebar. Ha. Here we go. You ever hear about uh, Marks in Texas? No, I have not. Alright, so after, after, during, I don't know, Mexican War, Texas Revolution type era in the United States history, there was a huge German settling population in Texas, and Marx wanted to move there and, like, spread socialism through America. If only. <laughs> yeah, so my question for you is, would that have worked, or would we be able to go to Texas now and see the tree they hung Marx from? I don't know, because that's, like, what, like, 1800s Texas... I mean, I think I think if it could have happened... Wouldn't it be mm. so cool if that's what happened? Yeah. After the... Because then that would mean he was there, like, through the end of the Civil War, basically, in Reconstruction. So I'm talking really about an alternative history where he's there through Reconstruction and he helps build the South into an actual, like, egalitarian society. He helps build, like, an actual... I'm back. Yeah, socialist republic of some sort. And it's in the South. Like, it's the exact opposite electoral situation we're in today right you're right yeah because all the all the industrial rich people would have been up north and it, they would have been republic or they would have become economic conservatives because this would be you know the this would actually be more of a threat to their lifestyle than slavery ever was of course Why? what are we talking about uh marks in texas oh yeah i forgot about that all right so uh speaking of marks i guess we're going to be talking about something that's going to make the old boy roll over in his fucking grave <laughs> yep uh so which by off... the way it costs five euros to visit oh that's fucked up <laughs> yeah marks's <laughs> grave is a for-profit institution uh <laughs> so uh we started out the first half with a different side of our dystopia for the second half this week we are going to do an article titled a new startup is recruiting gig workers to help landlords evict people from their homes call calling it the fastest growing money-making gig because of covid19 mm. by aaron holmes in business insider i stand by uh calling any magazine or publication insider opens my third eye wide <laughs> uh, Aaron Holmes, at least we could pronounce your name, and holy shit, is this not dark. Oh, man. I mean, it's... It made me very upset when you sent this in the group chat the other day. I saw it, and I, like, couldn't believe it. I was like, this is too on the nose to be real. I thought it was an Onion article, but, uh, nevertheless, here the fuck we are. Yeah, um, I... Let's, let's just get into this. Um... Millions of Americans have fallen behind on rent amid uh, economic turmoil caused by the COVID-19 pandemic, and many could face evictions. One startup is treating the dire situation as a money-making opportunity for gig workers. Gig workers, or, you know, app slaves. Yes. People who recently got evicted from their apartments. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the company, Civil, that's... That's folks, folks, that's civil spelled C-I-V-V-L, <laughs> is recruiting freelancers to sign up as eviction crews for landlords, calling it the fastest growing money-making gig due to COVID-19. Just the fact that they spelled it like that, C-I-V-V-L, they did that annoying uh, tech bro thing of replacing a vowel with another consonant. Fucking <laughs> yeah, pandering to the woke crowd. Fallout boy exactly. nonsense. Dude, it's, you're right, it's like... It's like calling the Holocaust the HLCST. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Civil has posted job listings across the U.S. aiming to recruit an army of gig workers to help facilitate evictions, as first reported by Vice's motherboard, which describes the startup as, quote, Uber, but for evicting people. <laughs> uh, Uber, which is notably, like, going to be illegal in California by the end of the month or something. Yeah, hopefully this shit, too. For their treatment of workers. This is much more evil than anything Uber was. Uber destroyed the tax oh, yeah. industry. Uh, this is like a private military corporation for yuppie landlords. <laughs> it's it's blackboard. Yeah, it's it's Blackwater for landlords. It's it's taking people without much and making them fight each other. It's just further mm -hmm. pushing the working class against each other. Oh, absolutely. It's like you said. These are people who already lost their apartment. You now just have to go take other people's apartments away from them. Civil site is adorned with photos of homes being cleaned out by movers and messages advertising a quick and easy money-making opportunity for workers in the precarious gig economy. Too many people stopped paying rent and mortgages thinking they would not be evicted, Civil site reads. Plenty of foreclosures and eviction properties to secure and clean out. <laughs> I, I mean... <laughs> So I guess this is like an app for all purposes. They'll they'll have someone run papers for you. They'll clean the shit out of your house. And there's like, I don't know, you're calling locksmiths through the app to change people's locks. Dark as hell. Yeah, yeah. Too many people stop paying rent and mortgages because like what? Fucking 30% of the United States is unemployed right now today. People across the U.S. are still struggling to complete their housing payments from month to month. As of the first week of September, 29% of Americans were unable to pay their rent or mortgage payment in full, and 8% did not pay their full rent in August. The CDC has ordered a moratorium on evictions amid COVID-19, which makes it illegal for landlords to force out tenants who can't afford rent during the pandemic, but many landlords are still pursuing evictions. So, here they cite a uh, Vice article that goes more in-depth on, like, the specifics, uh, uh, the specific, uh, landlords, like, several of them trying to, like, loophole the more, uh, loophole the moratorium. In some cases, taking tenants to court simply to fuck them over and put them into more debt. Absolutely, because if you're a fucking tenant of one of these asshole landlords who can't pay for your rent, how are you gonna pay for a lawyer to defend yourself? Yeah, exactly. But that's, that's the whole point for them. Oh, absolutely. That was the Joe Kennedy pitch, too, remember? Yeah. Anyone who's having their home foreclosed or being kicked out of their apartment deserves to have a lawyer with them while it happens. Eviction lawyers for all. Exactly. <laughs> but you're still being evicted. You're homeless, but you don't have, what, legal fees? <laughs> I don't even know what he was really pitching. But neither does he, and that's yeah. why he fucking lost. Access to affordable eviction lawyers for all. Exactly. It's cool that uh, these landlords are just blatantly breaking the law, and that's allowed. <laughs> yeah, and for some reason, they're allowed to. Um, it's not clear how civil ensures that evictions coordinated through the app are legal, but its terms of service shifts the legal liability to landlords who use the app. So, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, it's... I mean, it's kind of a troll. I, I do kind of respect that, but it's like, all that means is it's perpetuated so that the app can continue to operate but if a it, landlord gets caught they get in trouble exactly it's the same thing as fucking uber where they're like yeah we're not a fucking taxi company we're a tech company the people who drive for us are one man taxi companies it's like shut up <laughs> fucking loser that's not how this works you know that i'm gonna give you All a right. swirly this is where it gets uh kind of weird 
Civil appears to be a relatively new company, and its social media pages were all created in May. It's owned by On Call. On Call spelled with a Q. Jesus a Christ! Always yeah. with the Q! Always with the Q! There's just a gigantic Q in the middle of this. It's owned by On Call, a catch-all platform for hiring gig workers. Including apps such as Lawn Fixer, you guessed it, that's Fixer without an E, <laughs> MoveStat, Move Quick, and Clean Quick, and you guessed it, Quick in both of those is spelled Q-W-I-C-K. What is with this capital Q in everything? Why are they trying to make me insane? They're trying to break our brains specifically. What does God want me to do with this information? I, I, <laughs> I have to go arrest all these people. Y yes. Put them but, in my okay. jail. So, despite the obvious, after like, after about an hour of just like searching the internet all over for this, I could not find a connection between OnCall and InQtel, which, if you didn't listen to the ap last episode, InQtel is uh, the CIA's venture capitalist arm. <laughs> um, OnCall is, it's incorporated in Florida and officially has no funding. Keeping in mind Silicon Valley and InQtel's clandestine, uh, you know, investments, um, founder Paul Francis is all but a ghost on the internet and can only be found in relation to founding on call. So imagine, what does that mean? You know, I'll leave that up to the listeners. Imagine if, uh, we did find him and he had like a really problematic Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably be the only thing that could stop this, unfortunately, in 2020. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> we all know how to handle landlords. Mao outlined this for us, but unfortunately, we just have to stick to canceling the meanies for bad takes and no growths. Just waiting for the great leap forward, in the words of uh, Billy Bragg. <laughs> <laughs> Civil is just a tool for frustrated property owners to find on-demand help to clean out their already vacated properties. Nothing more, nothing less. We are accumulating a growing database of independent contractors looking to carry out this foreseeable future of upcoming events, the company said in an email. You know what's funny about this? What's that? Uh, we are accumulating, or er, nothing more, nothing less. Even though it says pretty straightforwardly that on call with a Q owns something called MoveStat, MoveQuick, and CleanQuick. So it's like, if yeah. that was true, you have three other apps that already do the same thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But Civil's own website advertises roles beyond cleaning out vacating houses. One page uh, encourages gig workers to, quote, become a process server with job duties including serve papers and post notices on behalf of landlords. That sucks. Like, the landlord should have to be the person who has to personally do that so you have an opportunity to kill your landlord. That's only fair. Yep, <laughs> but instead they're just going to have people killing each other. Yeah, exactly. Working man killing the working man. One poor guy killing another poor guy for the sake of killing poor guys. It's if bipartisan <laughs> policy, baby. If one of these poor <laughs> bastards shows up on your doorstep, don't kill them, just, like, punch them really hard or something. <laughs> hey, how fucked up do I sound right now? Do I sound really quiet? Yeah, kinda. My fucking mic fell over and I didn't see. Motherboard reported that several aspects of Civil's marketing might be misleading. The startup's website previously included a quote that was attributed to the New York Times. But a search of the Times archive didn't return any articles that included the quote. <laughs> and Civil deleted the attribution from its website after Motherboard reached out for comment. <laughs> they just lied. They were like, yeah, the, fan the fancy guys like us. And the fancy guys were like, um, actually, we haven't released our article defending you yet. 
Yeah. Look, even the liberals like us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, of course they do. Liberals love this shit. Creating yeah. jobs. Exactly. So, uh, ending up here. In several one-star reviews on Civil's App Store listing, people said they had to pay a $35 reg- registration fee to sign up, and that work was not immediately available through the app. <laughs> so, just... at, the end, at the end of the day, it's just a scam for $35. <laughs> which which i don't i don't know i don't know if i if it if that's if that's like better or worse because on one hand like yes yeah, someone's getting scammed but then like they were signing up to try and help evict people but then they were signing up because they were desperate and now they're out for more money so it's just... everyone involved is desperate except for the guy who created this app who's figured out the perfect scam that makes everyone angry and uh will <laughs> And the landlords a, who are desperate to never work a day in their fucking lives. Exactly. In a just society, the people who created this app would be executed by patriots. But we do not live in a just <laughs> society, so here we are. And the patriots yeah. have become horribly misguided. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically all we have on that. Um, I know it just, it just makes you feel, like, bad. <laughs> I do like the idea that this guy, like, dresses like Steve Jobs or whatever with the black <laughs> turtleneck and everything. <laughs> <laughs> but he visually looks like Donald Trump. He's got that, like, Fred <laughs> Trump hair. <laughs> this app was created to kill Woody Guthrie a hundred years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, so this second half, uh, pretty short in relation to ones we normally do. But that's because we wanted to do another update on the Jerry Falwell Jr. saga. Uh, and maybe uh, talk about it for a little bit longer than we normally do um let's go in an article titled ex-university president jerry falwell jr found bleeding and drunk by by steph stephanie toon (laughs) in the atlanta journal constitution i don't know why it's called the atlanta journal constitution name recognition they read real good in atlanta (laughs) well they want they want uh think about it the most famous pieces of paper that's one of them so if you have that attached to your piece of paper it improves the overall quality of the paper (laughs) uh so it starts out here days after jerry falwell jr resigned as president of liberty university his wife reportedly called 911 to their home stating that falwell was drunk and bleeding (laughs) 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 yeah so uh i just want to sort of go on the record here and say that this is kind of sad <laughs> I, I <laughs> we're mean, gonna be laughing at it anyway i mean it um, is sad but i've never called the cops when i started bleeding while drunk fucking loser well when i say sad i mean pathetic yeah yeah it's sad in a very literal sense <laughs> um the huffington post has obtained the audio recording of a 911 call from becky falwell who had been seeking help for her husband, who was intoxicated, and described him as losing a lot of blood right now. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> she made the call at about 2.30 a.m. on August 31st, after a few hours earlier contacting her church and informing officials that her husband had fallen down the stairs on August 30th. She told officials she had to break through a back door with a chair when she arrived at their house in Bedford County, Virginia, because all the doors were locked. <laughs> So he was just completely alone in the house getting trapped. He was fucking, what's his name? He was Daniel Plainview from fucking, <laughs> what's it there called? There Will Be Blood. Yes, there thank will you. Be Kanye West's blood. favorite movie, by the way. Really? <laughs> is 
because of the boots. It's because those boots are like a fucking one of the best fashion pieces ever in a film. <laughs> well, you are our go-to uh, fashion. W- welcome expert. to our new podcast about boots. <laughs> boots and Kanye West. <laughs> Dispatch logs obtained by the publication via a public uh, records request state that he won't let her take him to the hospital as he is stubborn. Haller was not forthcoming. Okay, so at least uh, Jerry did try to respond like I would. Like, no, no, I'm fine. I just cut my hand a little bit. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) That is what I would do. He's severed an artery. Exactly. He's gone completely (laughs) pale. I once broke Um, all five of my toes on my one foot and didn't go to the hospital. Dude, fuck going Jesus to the hospital. Christ. It's a miserable place. Exactly. What the fuck are they going to do for my broken ass toes? For your toes? <laughs> put your whole foot in a cast and, like, you would have gotten to leave class a few minutes early. <laughs> I, I broke it outside of class, so I didn't even have that going for me. <laughs> when medics and emergency responders arrived at the residence, they observed lacerations on Jerry's face, including under his left eye, across the bridge of his nose, and above both his right and left eyes. That could have been a cat of nine tails. I mean, to be completely fair. <laughs> The responder also recorded in a report that Jerry Falwell Jr. said he hit his head on a trash can and that there was blood in the area he indicated, as well as empty alcohol containers. <laughs> Hitting your head on a trash can. I mean... That's some Chad shit. Really, this really is the fall of Jerry... Jerry Falwell. Literally. I mean, it, it very, very Icarus of him to post that picture on Instagram. <laughs> Falwell out, boy. yeah jerry falwell is going to become a pop punk uh, singer now exactly exactly where is your boy tonight he's bleeding (laughs) on the trash can (laughs) maybe he won't find out what i know i have sex with my pool boy and uh, (laughs) and gym boy his sex scandals are not going to be cucking anymore. It's going to be having sex with children now. I mean, I kind of just always figured that was the B-sides, right? <laughs> like, they're the, you get more into those later, but as you get more and more into Fallwell, it becomes more evident what he's done. <laughs> the couple had been embroiled in a sex and alcohol scandal for weeks by the time the 911 call was made. The couple's sex scandal only added to the mounting unsavory reports about Falwell. Questions about his alcohol use were met with dispute, and Falwell claimed some photos were likely altered that showed him drinking. <laughs> I love that. I love that excuse, because every time he got caught drinking, he would say that's photoshopped. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, we're making deep fakes of Jerry Falwell in the middle of a rave doing poppers. That's not just what happened. <laughs> he should He should, He should. should go full Alan Dershowitz and be like, I've never had a drink in my life. I don't have a throat. <laughs> and I never killed my wife. <laughs> I consume only saline through an IV drip. My wife never cucked me. <laughs> I cucked her. I fucked the boy. <laughs> On the same day of the reported 911 call, Liberty's Board of Trustees announced a comprehensive investigation by an outside firm of Jerry Falwell Jr.'s tenure as president. I think this is the most interesting part of this article. What, an outside firm, you mean? No, the fact that they're going to investigate all of his business dealings when he was the president. Yeah, they are, but they aren't, right? Because Liberty University itself is a land scheme, so they're just going to hire McKinsey to say that he was bad, but basically <laughs> it was okay, and that's it. And if you need any more information, ask Pete during his next primary. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that is that is the most likely outcome. But uh, I I took uh, I took some context from a uh, CNBC article. 
As president of Liberty University, he put his two sons and their wives as well on the university's payroll. He arranged the transfer of a multi-acre Liberty facility to his personal trainer. He enlisted a friend's construction company to manage an ambitious campus expansion costing hundreds of millions of dollars. And, he, and before- Wait, that is nothing that Donald Trump hasn't also done. Oh, yeah. So I'm saying, like, that's gotta be your baseline, right? If he can do it, he can do it. <laughs> And before becoming school president, Falwell set up two companies that enabled him to cut property deals with one of the many nonprofit entities affiliated with the university. In each of these deals, Falwell played multiple roles with potentially conflicting interests. He was an officer of the university, a board member of the nonprofit selling the land, and a private developer who could profit from the transactions. <laughs> <laughs> I like I kind I kind of don't even care that much because like it's just rich people fucking over like the opportunities of other rich people. It's not even exactly. It's all the people who were mad that uh, Fall, or all the people who were mad that Falwell was in charge of Liberty University. It's like, would you rather someone better be in charge of it so they can more effectively run a Catholic university? Exactly. Like that's that's horrendous. Well, now they will. Now they will. <laughs> exactly. Now it will be a more a gas efficient war machine. That that's a good alternate name for this podcast. Actually, that's what we're talking about all the time. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, this is typical fail-son behavior. This is the same shit Donald did. They both inherited their empires from their father. They are not the fucking... They're not even as evil as their fathers were. They're just stupider and campier versions of it. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to quote-unquote build it either, so they have no really care for it in maintaining it. It just oh, exactly. exists to serve their interests now. It's their birthright, and on both accounts, their birthrights are like stupid, shitty empires that are kind of funny to watch, and will be the subject of uh, Danny McBride series inevitably. <laughs> yep. Thanks for the content, Jerry. Uh, what should we close on that Logic song? <laughs> <laughs> you know the one. I only know one Logic song. Yeah, I think we should. All right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, nothing to say. Uh. Jerry Falwell, reach out, bro. You can be our fourth mic. We'll happily have you on. You seem to <laughs> yeah. love drinking and debauchery, so I think you'll make a wonderful addition to the team. Yeah. yeah. He should just fucking own it. He could, like, come on here and just, like, yell about shit with us. He should be conservative <laughs> Howard Stern. <laughs> He'd be much funnier than Howard Stern. He's, he's, like, not even conservative. He leaves his bubble and, like, hangs out with us and, like, watches an episode of The Boondocks or something, and he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jerry Falwell loves The Boondocks. Well, he does love fucking Trailer Park Boys, which is, like, the same thing, almost. I've never seen Trailer Park Boys, so I can't I can't. I actually decide. don't like it. I think it's all right. I don't really like it. When we were kids, it was either we were watching Trailer Park Boys or, uh... It's always sunny, and I'm just such an "it's always sunny" head. Oh, it's so okay. Much well, better. it's objective. It's objective that "always sunny" is better than Trailer Park Boys. I think Trailer Park Boys is fine, though. I don't, no, I don't hate it. And Trailer Park Boys also has like pretty wonderful politics compared to most of the shit in like our society. Oh, really? It's the same. Oh yeah, absolutely. There we go. Maybe I'll maybe I'll watch it. It looks rather gray. I'll I'll throw on an episode or two. It's funny enough. They just like yeah. you know rob shit, smoke weed, and lie around in trailer parks. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny enough. But... Exactly. He's like, you know, he watches it and he's like, oh, you silly hicks, versus, you know, your average person watches it and they're like, I don't know. This is me. You're supposed to empathize with the people who get stuck in that situation, versus he's just like, ah, look look at the rabble. Look at how they play. <sighs> <laughs>
It's 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 the it's the eighteenth century family from the deep south who were paraded as celebrities for surviving all the worms. That it's on the Wikipedia <laughs> article. Yes. <laughs> Bill Dotrieve's family in Louisiana. <laughs> His gay cousin. His yeah, gay cousin Bobby... is the man of the house. <laughs> Bobby becomes like a weird like eighteenth century uh, New Orleans um, like pimp. He becomes a southern dandy, exactly. It's amazing. Ah, <laughs> uh, nice. Another perfect show, King of the Hill. Oh, absolutely. And I got a, I got a little tangent that I've got nothing written down on that I just want to go off on real quick. Uh, you guys know uh, Uncle Sam uh, being, like, you know, the propaganda guy? Yeah. You know, I want you to join the army. I want you to suck my cock. But uh, yeah. did you know that he is actually a superhero owned by DC Comics? You're lying. <laughs> <laughs> He's considered the personification of the United States, and he first appeared in 1940. So he's Captain America. He's much cooler than Captain America. Let me read the... The original origin was after the, uh, after the Revolutionary War, he was the spirit of a slain patriotic soldier who comes back to defend the American way. It's a Scooby-Doo like, <laughs> episode. Yeah, the American way, like genocide in Cuba. But, uh... In the 70s, they rewrote him as a spiritual entity created through an occult ritual by the Founding Fathers. <laughs> <laughs> the spirit of America was initially bound to a powerful talisman and would take physical form by merging with a dying patriot. <laughs> so Chris Kyle is still out there somewhere. Absolutely. <laughs> All the Founding Fathers were from Haiti. Chris Kyle and Chris Dorner were both Uncle Sam. Uh, the new origin states that the spirit of America had taken form as the Minuteman during the Revolutionary War, Brother Jonathan during the War of 1812, and during the American Civil War had been split into two as Johnny Reb and Billy Yank. Billy Yank. <laughs> Johnny Reb. Those both sound like porn names. <laughs> It's amazing. So be so so being Uncle Sam isn't it's it's more like being like the Poe toaster, like Andrew WK. It's more like being John Malkovich. <laughs> Have you watched that yet? Because I still haven't. No, I just <laughs> no. I was, just, I was say, is that what that's about? <laughs> I have no idea what it's about. We're gonna claim that <laughs> is what it's about for the purposes of this bit. <laughs> we're not gonna watch it. Being being John Malkovich is actually like a prequel to uh, his character in Burn After Reading, and it's just like all of his work on the Balkans desk, <laughs> just having to answer like angry phone calls from Serbia in 2006. I mean, I guess it came out in the 90s, so that doesn't make sense. Never mind. I got one more bit, boys. Okay. The spirit first assumed its now familiar Uncle Sam form in 1870 when it re was resurrected as a political cartoonist who had been killed by Boss Tweed. You know who Boss Tweed is? Yes! <laughs> yeah, exactly. A Democrat, like a machine politician, murdered him. <laughs> uh, he fought in World War I, a noted patriotic conflict. <laughs> World War II, and uh, I guess he... He fought in World War I, he fought in World War II, he assumably did Vietnam single-handedly during the Cold War. And, uh... <laughs> Yeah, that's what the American culture is. Uncle Sam, the guy that we're used to seeing from photos, is a comic book superhero made by an occult ritual 
done by Alexander Hamilton. Uncle Sam is Dr. Manhattan in Vietnam. Absolutely. <laughs> Walking through, blowing up all the Viet Cong. And now, now he's flying the plane in the Jeffrey Epstein comic series. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, D- it's DC, so all the planes are invisible, like Wonder Woman's invisible jet. <laughs> the invisible pedo plane, oh my god. <laughs> all his children are uh, invisible. <laughs> It's how you gonna get me on this one. Uh, that's all I got. I'm really glad we did this. Time. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm fucking starving. Do you guys want to get Indian food? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Let's I go. I could fuck up some butter chicken. Uh, okay. Fantastic. Let's wrap this up. All right, folks. Thanks for listening to Boomer Death Squad. You can follow us on Twitter at Boomer Death Pod. I've been Joe. I've been Danny. And I've been Matt. And uh, suicide. Don't do it. <laughs> I've been on the low. I've been taking my time. I feel like I'm out of my mind. I feel like my life ain't mine. Who can relate? Woo! I've been on the low. I've been taking my time. I feel like I'm out of my mind. I feel like my life ain't mine. I don't want to be alive. I don't want to be alive. I just want to die today. The shit I'm talking about, they think they know it I've been praying for somebody to save me No one's heroic in my life, don't even matter I know it, I know it, I know I'm hurting deep down But can't show it I never had a place to call my own I never had a home Ain't nobody calling my phone Where you been, where you at, what's on your mind They say every life precious but nobody care about mine I've been on the low, I've been taking my time I feel like I'm out of my mind It feel like my life ain't mine